Okay, we're going to continue our uh, <clears throat> series on, uh, as we've been going through the last couple of weeks of the month of January, uh, talking about Christian stewardship. And of course, uh, we are looking at some things that are helping us uh, prepare for what God has for us. And uh, as far as the, uh, the, the work we're doing here in the ministry, but mainly, of course, talking about trying to get our building put up and all that. And so uh, we're going to continue that uh, tonight. Uh, take your Bibles and uh, let's go to Malachi chapter 3. And uh, don't get nervous when you say that. You hear a preacher say Malachi, you're like, uh-oh, we know what this is going to be about. <laughs> Amen. And so the best way to find Malachi, go to Matthew. Okay, Matthew, one book back, there's Malachi. Amen. Last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, and uh, we are going to uh, look at a passage of Scripture here and uh, talk about uh, a subject that uh, preachers get accused of talking about all the time, amen, and talking about uh, uh, tonight the tithe and the offering, the tithe and the offering. I want to show you, and, and, and this is nothing we've never not done before. And uh, in fact, uh, we don't do this every year. Usually every other year, I'll bring a series of messages on the subject of stewardship. And uh, But to show you that this is a biblical thing and to kind of show you the Bible basis behind it. And Because, uh, folks, I want you to understand something. What we do around here is based on the Word of God. Amen? This isn't just something that I'm pulling out of my hat, you know, something I learned from Bible college. No, this is Bible. Amen? And so, uh, anyway, you find your place. Stand with me together. Malachi chapter 3. And uh, we're going to read... Uh, this very famous passage of Scripture, beginning in verse 8, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. This, question, uh, this, this verse starts off with a question, and here's the question, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's pray. Lord, meet with us tonight. Thank you for all you do for us, God. Bless us as we look at a few principles from your word. Speak to our hearts, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So let's take a look here uh, of this uh, subject, this biblical subject of tithes and offerings. Now, uh, I've taught you this before, but there's different areas of stewardship, okay? Uh, there's multiple things we, ought, we need to be good stewards of. I believe as a Christian, we ought to be good stewards of our time, amen? Uh, we ought to be good uh, stewards of our talents, and uh, but no doubt as well, we ought to be good stewards of our treasures, the things that God gives us materialistically, and uh, uh, how we do with those, what we do with those, uh, that is something that God is interested in. You say, I don't think God has an opinion about that. Folks, listen to me. He's God. He has an opinion about everything, amen? All right? And so um, uh, let's look and see what the Bible has to say. And again, we're just going to look at Bible principles. Amen? So first of all, let's look at that word tithe. You hear that word mentioned? I love hearing new Christians sometimes. They'll say, what's a tithe? Amen? All right? Uh, it's uh, a tithe. Let me tell you what the word tithe means. It means a tenth. That's all it means. Okay? Uh, it, that word tithe or tithes is found... 38 times in the Bible. Tithing was first mentioned before the law of Moses was given, was then commanded in the Old Testament, and then later endorsed by Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And you say, well, where's that at? Well, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. 
Here's what Jesus said. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of men and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. You say, see, there it is right there. Jesus condemns it. It shouldn't be done. Well, let's finish reading the verse, okay? Here's what he says. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. So Jesus here wasn't condemning the fact of the fact that they were giving, they were tithing. He was just saying there's more to being a Christian than just tithing, okay? Uh, yes, you should, but there, there's more to the Christian life. Now, the, the um, <clears throat> tithing is an act of giving back to the Lord 10% of all that He's given us. The tithe, the Bible says, is holy unto the Lord, and it belongs to God. Leviticus 27, verse 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether it is holy unto the Lord. Now today in the New Testament church, uh, tithing is to be done on the first day of the week as Christians gather to worship the Lord in their local assemblies. The tithe should be based upon all that God has increased each person with during the prior week. It's to be given to the local New Testament church used to financially support the work of the church. Now remember this, folks, okay? Amen? Uh, church, uh, the, the local assembly is just like any other institution, okay? Uh, it costs money to operate, okay? Listen, the light bill's got to get paid, all right? You like being warm in here tonight? Well, guess what? The gas bill had to get paid, okay? Uh, we like the new carpet and the chairs we sit in. All that had to come from somewhere, all right? It makes sense that life, you've got to have operating expenses. It's no different when it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, by the way, remember this, okay? And this is why we must be good stewards of what God blesses us with. The church doesn't make money, it collects money. Okay? That's why when people call up all the time, I get the calls all the time, okay? Oh, you know, the sob story of, oh, you know, this happened and that happened. Can, can, you know, can the church, you know, can the church give me this? Can the church give me that? Now, I'm not saying there's not a time to help with certain needs, okay? But I'm just going to tell you right now. The church is not a welfare state. Okay? Amen? And besides, I'll just I'll throw this out there. If as a church we decide to help anybody, let me tell you who's going to be in the number one priority list. It's the people who faithfully attend here. Amen? And uh, that's who we're going to look at for first and foremost. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. In fact, the Bible says if you don't take care of your own, you're worse than an infidel. Amen? And I understand the context of that verse. It's talking about your blood family. Well, you know what? We're also a church family. Amen? And so, but the, the, the church operates based upon the tithes and offerings of God's people. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay up him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do ye know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? They which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained that every which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. I've had some people say and some people think, nobody here, I've just heard this before here and there, that uh, you know it's wrong for a preacher uh, to uh, draw a paycheck from the church. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, folks, amen? And I'm not saying that to be self-serving. I'm telling you, this is not about me tonight. Amen? This is about Bible principles that we all live by. And so, but listen, folks, it's a scriptural thing. So every week when we bring our tithe to the church, it's 10% of everything God has prospered us with in the past week. By the way, you know what preparing to bring your tithe does? It causes me to stop 
and thank and praise God for His goodness and generosity to me. Amen? It causes me to be able to count my blessing. And let's be honest, let me tell you what tithing really is. It's an act of worship to God. It's a way for us to, as we said this morning, put our money where our mouth is, literally. Oh God, I love you. Really, Jesus says? Prove it. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say it, He said it. Amen? And one of the most tangible ways we can prove it is by obeying this Bible command of tithing. But here's the thing, okay? We see the word tithe. We see it in there. Chapter 3. Again, what does the question, the verse begin with in verse 8? Will a man rob God? By the way, have you ever stopped and thought about that question for a minute? Okay, a lot of times I'll hear somebody say, well, you know, such and such is stealing from God. It doesn't say stealing from God. That's not what it says. By the way, when you steal from somebody, most of the time when somebody steals, they do it under the radar. They don't announce the fact that they're doing it. It's done in secret. There's a difference between stealing and robbing. You know what robbing means? Taking it by force. That's what it means. Literally, the question is this, will a man take by force something that belongs to God? You say, how in the world? Why would someone do that? Exactly. Why would someone do that? Amen? But, but the, the verse says, Yet ye have robbed me, but you say, Where and have we robbed thee? In tithes, conjunction, and offerings. So there's, there, there's another category of giving. There's the tithe, which is the 10%, which is mine, it's God's. And so it automatically belongs to God. But it doesn't just say tithes, it says offerings. Now an offering in the Old Testament was a sacrificial gift brought in addition to the tithe. It was offered to the Lord, listen here, willingly. Remember, we, we've been studying about the, the, the tabernacle, and uh, I believe it was the first week we talked about that all the, uh, all the uh, it says that all the people that God, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, who was of a willing heart, amen, they brought to the work of the tabernacle. It's something done willingly. Here's a good way to remember this. Tithing proves our obedience Giving an offering proves our love. Amen? Giving an offering proves our love. Now, in addition to the tithe that we bring, you know what else? Now, this is how I've been taught, and it's Bible. And when I say I've been taught, this wasn't something that was just a philosophy of my parents, a philosophy of my pastor. No, this is something the Bible teaches. And this is from a young age is what I was taught. And this is how I practice. This is how I live my life. And if we're obedient Christians, this is how we'll live our lives as well. In addition to our tithe, you know what I want to add to my tithe? I want to add an offering. Amen? You say, well, you know, it's I can't believe, you know, uh, uh, how God expects me to live on 90%. Well, folks, I'll just tell you this, all right? If you're biblical, it's it's less than 90. That's right, yeah. Now, that's not real popular, is it? Amen? <laughs> okay? A little quiet here tonight. That's okay. It's okay. I got, I'm standing on the Bible. Amen? And listen, folks, I, I, and I say that kind of kidding. This is a giving church. I'm going to tell you, folks, when, when people hear about what God's doing in the White River, and we're not saying this to brag on us, I, we're not. Although I do brag on you quite a bit. Okay? And because I love you, and I, I'm so appreciative to God and what He's doing here. People, my pastor friends, are blown away when they hear what this church is accomplishing. When we tell them we're supporting 26 missionaries, they literally can't, they, they really can't believe it. Here's what most of them say I've never heard of a church plant that as young as your church is, that's supporting that many missionaries. I passed a friend said to me yesterday, I told him about our guys going to Ukraine. And by the way, this church pretty much financed most of that trip for those guys to go to Ukraine. Okay? He's like, I can't believe it. He says, my church is 126 years old. 
They didn't do anything like that until, until about the last 15 years. He says, for over 100 years, our church never did anything like that. And you're six and a half years old doing something like that. Let me tell you why that's possible. Because of the generosity of God's people. So I know who I'm talking to tonight. Amen? And I'm not, I'm not here to, to uh, you know, just uh, uh, rake you over the coals by any means. I would never want to do that anyway. But I'm just giving you the biblical philosophy behind it. And maybe there's some people here that have never heard this before. Or maybe you're just not obedient in this area. And so you need to hear it tonight. Amen? And so not only is it the, the tithe, it's the offering. Here's what, what my family does. Amen? My wife and I, and we've taught this to our children. They do it as well. We give God 10% It belongs to Him. But that's not where we stop at. We also give an offering. Okay? Now, what is that offering? Well, it's different uh, amounts at different times based upon the blessings of God. But it's always above and beyond the tithe. Listen, don't be that person that if your tithe you know, comes to $105.86, that's exactly what you write your tithe check for. Don't be that way with God. Amen? Because, by the way, if you're that way with God, He'll be that way with you. Amen? Now, come on, folks. Let's, let's use some uh, good, good, solid Christianity here. By the way, the Bible teaches us the two categories of our offerings. Now, I believe the offering is above the tithe, but there's two specific categories of offerings the Bible talks about. All right? One of those talks about, and I've taught you this, and we do this, is that of giving to missions. Giving to missions. It's biblical. Philippians chapter 4, listen to this. The Apostle Paul, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Not because I desire a gift. Listen to this. account, But I have all in abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Let me tell you what the Apostle Paul was. He was a church-planning missionary. And the church at Philippi was generous in his support. And the Bible says that their generosity was to God an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Let me tell you, it's no accident that the blessings of God on this church have paralleled the growth of our missions program. It's biblical. Okay? You say, well, how does that make sense? How do we have more when we're giving more? It's called the, the, the economics of heaven. It's because there's a God in heaven that's watching out for us and helping us and blessing us. And that's why we're getting ready to go into Missions Emphasis this month. I'm on purpose doing this the month, the few weeks before Missions Emphasis this month. Yes, I know we're getting ready to go into the building program. We'll talk about that in just a second. I know we're going to have to give more for the building and sacrifice and all that. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're not robbing the missions program to get a building put up. Amen. Ain't happening. Because let me tell you why. The quickest way to get God's blessing off of our church, or maybe not as much on our church, is to go the opposite directions when it comes to giving the missions. Amen? Listen, I want to keep going forward in that area. Let me just challenge you, okay? And again, folks, I know what I'm saying may be uncomfortable to some people, but you know what? Most of you, it's not uncomfortable. Well, guess what? Let's feel a little uncomfortable when it comes to the work of God. Amen? Let's be challenged. Let's be stretched. Remember what I said this morning? What's the point in, in us living this life is to prepare us for the judgment seat of Christ. You think there's going to be one Christian sent for the judgment seat and is going to say, Jesus, I'm so sorry I gave too much to missions. I wish I wouldn't have done Lord, I wish, I wish I would have driven a newer car instead of giving to missions. You think anybody's going to say that? 
Let's get real, folks. Okay? Amen? So, yeah, if this hurts a little bit, let it hurt. Amen? Because that is sometimes what the Word of God does to us. Okay? But listen, we're not robbing from the missions program to get the building put up. We're going to keep giving the missions. And let me just tell you what our plan is. Now, we're going to use, you know, Holy Spirit leading in this. I'm going to use common sense when it comes to this. But let me tell you, folks, you know what the plan is? Grow the missions program this year. So you know what that means? At the end of February, you know what I'm going to ask us all to do? Hey, let's up our missions commitment. By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the power of the assembly. If, if, if every family, okay, I'm talking about giving family in this church, would up your missions giving by $20 a month, we'd have no problem picking up three or four new missionaries. No problem. What really is $20 a month to most of us? You know what it means? It means two, two less trips to donut bank in a month. That's what it means. Are you telling me I can't sacrifice a meal at Lupe's or Donut Bank to get more missionaries on the field and see more souls saved? Are you kidding me? Where's our priorities at? Amen? And so missions giving is a biblical category to give an offering to. Amen? And I'll just encourage you, every single person ought to be involved in missions giving. By the way, young people, I'm going to tell you, some of these kids got more money than we'll ever have. Amen? I mean, my, 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 my personal, my children... They got more money sitting in the savings account than I had after 10 years of marriage. Okay? And listen to me. And I'm not just calling my kids out. I'm calling this all out here. Amen? Listen, folks. Let's be involved when it comes to giving the missions. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, God will bless it. Amen? So uh, tithes and offerings, missions giving. And then there's another category. And, again, we do that here. It's called a building fund offering. You say, is that biblical? You better believe it's biblical. Amen? In fact, let's just go back and look at it real quick. Go to 2 Kings chapter 12. 2 Kings chapter 12. And we're going to talk about some of this stuff this year because, um, again, we're going to look at some different building programs through the Scripture. They're all through the Scripture, by the way. And, um, and, and look at some of the principles contained in them and, and apply those Bible principles. Now, the king here is Jehoash. And Jehoash uh, uh, is trying to repair the temple of the Lord. Let's pick it up here in verse 12. All right, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 12, 2 Kings chapter 12, verse 4. The Bible says that Jehoash said to the priest, All the money of the dedicated things that is brought into the house of the Lord, even the money of everyone that passeth, uh, that passeth the account, the money that every man is set at, and all the money that cometh into any man's heart, to bring into the house of the Lord. Let the priest take it to them, every man of his acquaintance, and let them repair the breaches of the house, whithersoever any breach shall be found. But it was so that in the three and twentieth year of King Johath, isn't that interesting? The three and twentieth year. Hmm. 2020, or, or, or the number 23. I didn't even know that. I'm just, the Lord just showed me that. That the priest had not repaired the breaches of the house. Then King Jehoash called for Jehoadiah the priest and the other priests and said unto them, Why repair ye not the breaches of the house? Now therefore receive no more money of your acquaintance, but deliver it for the breaches of the house. And the priest consented to receive no more money of the people, neither to repair the breaches of the house. But Jehoadiah the priest took a chest, bore a hole in the lid of it, 
set it beside the altar on the right side as one cometh into the house of the Lord. And the priest that kept the door put therein all the money that was brought into the house of the Lord. And it was so, when they saw that there was much money in the chest, that the king's scribe and the high priest came up, and they put in the bags and told the money that was found in the house of the Lord. And they gave the money, being told, into the hands of them that did the work, that had the oversight of the house of the Lord. And they laid it out to the carpenters, the builders, and wrought upon the house of the Lord. And this is the only place we find this uh, type of situation. But you know what you find out? You find that the house of the Lord, the building, okay, that was supposed to be the house of the Lord was in disrepair. It was in disrepair because of the faithlessness of the previous generation. And you know what? They got some godly leadership in. And, and by the way, you know what godly leadership always does? Puts God as a priority. Amen? And the godly leadership said, what's going on here? Why is the house of the Lord in disrepair? It's a bad testimony. Let's get it fixed. And so... How was the way to get it fixed? The people gave to a building fund to make sure that the house of the Lord stayed in repair. And so listen, folks, this idea of giving to the building is a biblical category. Amen? Now understand that when you're trying to do as we're getting ready to do, put up a brand new building, it's going to take more than just what would be maybe maintenance on a building. But I'll just say this. Uh, we'll always, as a church, have a building fund account that we regularly give to. And we'll tell you right now, we don't all know how it is. We all live in houses. We know how it works. Once we get the building up, you think we're going to have to stop doing things in the building? I mean, come on, folks. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I, I guarantee within the first couple months, somebody's going to put a, piece, a hole in a piece of drywall somewhere. And you know what? We're not going to freak out about it. We're not going to, you know, oh, my goodness, these little heathens run around here. All right, we're not going to, no, we're just going to fix it, amen? Because truth be told, it's just a building, but it is the place where we gather to meet, and it's going to allow us to expand ministry opportunity. It's going to be used for the work of the Lord. And so a building fund is a biblical way to give. And again, so as a Christian, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at all God's blessed me with for the week. Without even thought, without even question, 10% automatically goes to God because that 10% ain't mine anyway. It's God's. Then, above my 10%, I'm going to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want my offering to be this week? God, what's my mission commitment? What's my building fund commitment? You say, preacher, that, that, that could add up to a lot of money. Do you not think that God in heaven can't take care of you and provide for you? Right. Amen? And, and, and help us? And by the way, let me tell you what most of our problem is. It's not a shortcoming of money. It's mismanaging of money. Let's be honest. Amen? And truth be told, it's not that God hasn't given it to us. We've mismanaged it. Right? right? And so uh, let's look at these things and let's apply these things. Now, real quick, let me just kind of tie all this together and give you uh, a wrap it all up or kind of wrap it all uh, up and tie it together. All right? So when, here's the question, when do I give my tithes and offerings? The Bible's very clear on the first day of the week. So guess what that means? I mean, duh, Christians ought to come to church on Sunday, right? Amen? So when we come to church on Sunday, we ought to bring our tithe with us. That's what the Bible says. Upon the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, let every one of you lay up in store as God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. Amen? And I'll be honest with you. This church that I know of that doesn't even take an offering midweek service. But you know what? We, 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 I know our people. We bring our tithes and offerings first day of the week. Amen? And that's how it works, and that's how we do it around here. So it's biblical. I'm not against churches who do take a midweek offering, but we just don't do it that way. We bring on the first day of the week. So when? First day of the week. Where? I'll tell you where. You tie to your local New Testament church. 
That's where biblically you're supposed to tithe to. Again, what does Malachi 3.10 say? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The storehouse was the first tabernacle. Later, it was the temple. It was the place where the people gathered to worship. In the New Testament, the storehouse is the local church you attend. Okay? Now, it's not biblical. Well, I'm going to tithe to such and such charity. Listen, if you want to give to charity, that's between you and God. But it's not your tithe. And in fact, if you take a tithe and give to charity, as opposed to giving to your local church, you're robbing God. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Amen? There's some people that uh, believe, well, as long as I give 10% to you know charity, then that's the same as tithing. No, it's not. Amen? That's not the biblical pattern. The biblical pattern is it goes to the local New Testament church. How? How do I do it? When do I do it? Where do I do it? How do I do it? I'll tell you how we do it. Cheerfully! Here's what the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. But this I say, he would, listen to this now, he would sow sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. Okay, listen. No farmer plants an acre of corn and expects to get a 100 acre increase. Don't make sense. If you want a 100 acre increase, guess how many acres you got? Seed. 100 acres, right? I mean, come up with basic principles here. Okay? If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, then you'll reap bountifully. And he's talking about giving because here's what the next verse says. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Talking about that offering that we talked about. Not grudgingly or necessity. Okay? Oh, I have to do this because if I don't do it, God's curse going to be upon my life. It can't be. God make me give it. No, that's not what it says. God loveth a cheerful giver. You're the happiest week of your life, the time in your, your week ought to be when you drop your tithe in the offering plate. Thank you, God, for, for blessing me, God. Thank you for allowing me to give back, Lord, just a small way for me to say I love you and for me to have an investment in your work of your local New Testament church. Amen. Cheerfully, amen? Because God loveth a cheerful gift. That's what the Scripture says. You say, well, preacher, I hear what you're saying. That's up to you. I ain't standing with you at the judgment seat of Christ when you answer to God. I'm going to be there with you. Right? So, But if you don't do it, that's, that's between you and God. You don't have to do it. But wait a minute. There's a warning for every Christian who's disobedient in that area. Go back to Malachi chapter 3. We read the verses, but I want you to see them. Alright? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, I've seen out, and I, I, thank goodness, for, uh, as far as for the positive in my own life, but I've also seen it play out in the negative of Christians' lives who refuse to do it. Okay? Notice what he says here. Alright? Here's what happens if you if you rob God and you refuse to give tithes and offerings. Verse 9. Okay? Again, it's that riserology here. Okay? Bible. Okay? Word of God. We're a Bible preaching church, right? Here's Ye are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me even this whole nation. So if you choose not to do it, first of all, according to verse 8, it makes you a thief, makes you a robber, okay? Second of all, it brings the curse of God upon you financially. I've seen it over and over and over and over. Christians, I mean, I, I, I think I told you not that long ago of somebody that called me and was a Christian, says they're a Christian, and was bemoaning their, you know, what they call bad fortune, bad luck. And I said to him, you have bad luck. I said, let me ask you a question. Are you attending church faithfully? Yes or no? No. Okay. Are you tithing? Yes or no? No. I said, God's cursing you. It had nothing to do with luck. You're living under the curse of God. 
Let me tell you something, folks. It's real. You don't think it's true? I, I, I don't. I'm not going to say I dare you not to do it because I don't want you to do it. But just don't tithe and see what happens. Things will start happening. In fact, the next thing tells us that God, verse uh, 10, notice what it says. He says, uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So here's what that means. If you're not tithing, God doesn't rebuke the devourer. You know, there's, there, there's a thing, folks, in life. And I understand. You can't, you can't put everything in this category. Some things just happen because it's life. Okay? Listen, folks. If your washer goes out, okay, it doesn't necessarily mean God is, you know, judging you. Okay? I'll be honest with you. They don't make appliances to last long anymore. Seven, uh, five to seven years is what they're making appliances to last. Okay? I remember one year. Okay? Every appliance in my house went out. Every one. Washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator, microwave. All of it happened the same year. It wasn't because I wasn't tithing. It's just because stuff breaks. Okay? But I'll just tell you this. Okay? People who just refuse to obey, look out. I'm gonna, by the way, remember this. You're going to tithe one way or another. You're either giving it to God willingly or God's taking it through the devourer. Because God's laws can't be broken. So you're going to pay it either way. By the way, I would rather pay it being obedient and experience a blessing because here's the thing. If you do choose the tithe, Here's what happens, okay? You live with the satisfaction that God is using you to advance His kingdom. Remember what I said this morning? Gabriel and Michael ain't coming down to build the building. You know who's doing it? We're doing it. If we don't do it, it will not get done. I'm just telling you straight up. Now, we're going to get some other people to help us, but we're the ones that are going to ramrod it. We're the ones that are going to sacrifice. We're the ones going to be there. If we don't do it, the building ain't getting put up. Nobody else is coming to do it for us. we got to do it. Okay, so when we give our tithes and offerings, guess what that means? We're advancing the kingdom of God. Listen, folks, that ain't just about a building. Let me tell you what that's about. It's about Sunday school classes, more Sunday school classes. It's about bus ministry. It's about vacation Bible school. It's about uh, expanding ministry, doing more, reaching more people for the cause of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. Okay, we're not going to build a building just so we can sit around and say, wow, look at this new building. No, we're doing it so more people can be added to the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Okay? And so when we give our tithes and offerings, there's satisfaction knowing we're advanced back there. You've been reading about what's going on. I mean, we've got got, uh, new letters. I don't know if you're reading them or not. And because we're online, I can't say who the missionary's name is. But the one this week from the one, the missionary, that is reaching people from the Middle East. Okay? There's been people saved in these Middle Eastern countries. By the way, a missionary that you give to missions, your mission money goes to help support. Okay? So you know what that means? That means as a Christian, you're laying up in the your ERA, your eternal revenue account in heaven sold because you're investing in the work to reach people. Okay? And listen, there's satisfaction in that. Listen, when I read those missionary letters, you know why I read those? I take time to read them? Because I invest in them. That's why. I invest in them. Listen, if you got money wrapped up someplace, you know where your money's going. If your investment, listen, if you have a portfolio, I don't even know what that word means. Amen? All right? Obviously, I don't have one, okay? But if you have a financial portfolio, all right, then I guarantee you, you're you're keeping an eye on it because your money's tied up in it. Well, guess what, Christians? If you're investing in in the things of eternal value, you're keeping an eye on what's going on with your investments. Amen? So when you give that, you have the satisfaction of knowing 
Man, my money is going to advance the kingdom of God. Number two, you will experience the generosity of God. Here's the positive side of this, where the Bible says He'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now, does that sound like something you want to be involved in? I mean, come on, folks. I don't know exactly, again, you know, if they're literal windows, but I think it's figuratively speaking. But God will open up, literally, a portal of blessing in your life. I want that. Now, it's not just referring to financial blessing, although I can tell you this, when you, you'll never outgive God. Never, 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 never outgive God. There's been times in my life where God spoke to my heart to say, do this. And I didn't think I really had the money to do it, but I did it anyway because God said to do it. And God repaid me within a couple weeks tenfold. Now, I don't do it, so God will do that for me. But listen, folks, that's the Bible principle. When you're obedient, you follow God's principles. By the way, the Bible said, God says, test me and try me and see if I'll do it. Amen? By faith, put God to the test and He'll do it. Amen? He'll, he'll be, you're generous with God, He'll be more than generous with you. Not only that, and this is where I was going with the other part, God will rebuke the devourer in your life. Okay, listen, there's been things in my life that should have broken years ago, but they're not. They're still going. Okay? I mean, you know, my vehicles right now, they're, all, both of them are over the 200,000 uh, mark. But you know what? They're still going. They're still, they're, 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 they're still driving. They're still just fine. Amen? I believe part of that is because my wife, okay? All right, now, not this one. This, this is one of my newer suits. But one of my, a couple of my suits that I wear, now this is, you know, pretty good, right? I'm 42. I've been wearing the same suit for almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah, right, right? I can still get it on. I don't have to. All right? But what I'm saying is, most people think my suits look pretty, pretty new. They're not threadbare. Now listen, I'm not saying, okay, maybe it was just great material from Jacques Penet, like I told you this morning, right? No, listen, folks, God makes stuff last longer. Okay? The, the, the truck I had before, before uh, my white truck, my, my little Danger Ranger I had, I drove that truck for over 15 years. Hardly did nothing to it. A few things here and there, typical stuff. And I'm just telling you, folks, God will rebuke the devourer if you're faithful to obey Him by giving your tithes and offerings. And not only that, the Bible says, talks about how that God will bless the nation of Israel. I believe we can collectively bring the blessing of God upon our family, upon our church, yes, even upon our nation, by obeying God and being obedient. Now listen, this teaching right here makes no sense to the world. Okay, In fact, some people, maybe hopefully not here, but some people, I guarantee, oh, you preachers, all oh, you want people's money. Okay, I've heard it, blah, 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 whatever. I can care less about your money. Let me tell you what I care about. Having God's blessing upon your life. That's what I want. Okay, I want you to take these principles, teach them to your children, so your children can have God's blessing upon their life from literally from just being young kids. Listen, I was taught this. I tied the birthday money when I got, when I was, you know, 8, 9, 10 years old. I was, I, I was doing this when I was a kid, but I didn't know what it was. But my mom and dad taught me how to do this. And, and listen, folks, again, my life's not perfect. Yes, there's problems. Yes, there's all this and all that. I'm going to tell you, I live with the blessings of God upon all my life. Amen? That doesn't mean I haven't you know, made mistakes here and there, and I have. And, and listen, you can still tithe, but still you know, make some financial mistakes. But even in the midst of that, God can still help you through all that. Okay? And so listen, folks, this stuff doesn't make sense to the world. 
I mean, how can I do better off on, you know, I, I would usually say 90%, but if you're giving tithes and if you're giving the offering, probably less than that. How can I, you know, do better on less than 100 per, uh, you know, 80, 90, whatever the number is, all right, on my income as opposed to 100%? That just mathematically doesn't make sense. Welcome to God's economic system. It doesn't have to make sense. All I've got to do as a Christian is obey. And if I obey, man, I'm going to tell you, folks, uh, just see God bless and help. So I'm going to tell you, what a, what a privilege, what an honor to be involved in the work of the Lord. What an honor to be involved in giving, and I mean this, cheerfully giving tithes and offerings. Amen? And so I pray that this is your mindset and, uh, and uh, we would uh, apply these principles to our lives. And again, folks, as I mentioned before, God's going to flow resources through us to accomplish His work. That's how He does it. Amen? And so hopefully these things were helping a blessing to you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the...